Hi, I'm Lisa, and welcome to Kanini Kega. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Kanini Kega. I'm your host, Lisa. If this is your first time here, hi and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. And if you come back and back again, thank you so much for your support. I hope you're having a lovely day, whatever time of day it is for you right now. For me, it's currently morning, and so I was really excited to talk about this topic and get this episode out there. So that is what I'm recording today, and you can probably tell by the title. I just wanted to sit down and talk about why it's important to read and get back into reading, how to pick it up in 2021, because how often do you think back to a time when you read and you're like, I just don't have the time for it anymore. Well, it is about to be a new year and that is a perfect time to start new habits. So that is how I'm going to be presenting this topic today. And I also wanted to just share my top five books of 2020. I really enjoyed some titles that I got to read this year and so I just went ahead and picked my top five favorites and so I'll be talking about those towards the end of the episode. But to start with, I just wanted to share kind of how I got back into reading as we're talking about how to pick it back up. What did I do in order to get to a place where I'm reading one, two books a week and can finish a book in a couple of days like I did when I was in middle school? So I think that, for one, reading has so much power, and readers are able to experience stories, lifetimes, characters, places, while never leaving home, and you just are immersed in a whole new world from the comfort of your bed with a cup of tea, if you're like me, and so I just think it's really important to have a habit that is reading, and incorporate it daily if that's what you can do, if that's what you want to do. So for me, I used to love, love, love reading in elementary school, and I'm sure like most listeners, like I could finish a book in an evening, come home from school, have checked out the book in the library, and you just see me at dinner time, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I finished it, it was great, you know, read on the bus, I loved reading in elementary school, and middle school as well, I would say, and also my teachers in middle school, like my English teachers would really promote reading in a way where we had quiet time every day and we could read during class so there was like an hour where we would be in the library reading and so I think that was also really nice just as people start falling out of reading like in middle school they kind of forced the practice on us daily which I enjoyed at the time but then now in high school I really really lost the practice of reading and this came with of course in high school you're joining sports and clubs and teams and choir you're doing all sorts of things in the whole high school experience there's just not as much time to read and in high school you're not taking the bus as much at least I didn't especially moving to California there's like no school buses and so my usual setting for reading I feel like got taken the space got taken up by other things and so I always had the goal every new year read a book a week And then I had a reading list that just kept growing and I kept adding books but never finishing them and I had a book collection that I couldn't keep up with. So the 
want to incorporate it back into my routine daily was always there, but the time was just being taken up by other things. And so I didn't get into it as much in high school. And if I did read, it was very scarce. Um, maybe like a book here and there, and it was never, I finished one book, let me pick up another type of thing, which is where I'm kind of at now. So my freshman year, if you have heard the episode, my Stone Age experience, that is what this is. I had a flip phone. Basically, my phone like was kaput the first weekend that I moved into college, and then I was waiting for the new one to come out. So for a month or two, I had a flip phone, which was interesting, but not bad. It's just freshman year, like students get to class 10, 15 minutes early, and then they chill on their phones or their laptops, and then there's always lines for food and stuff like that. So there's always these moments where these waiting periods where people are pulling out their phones, scrolling on social media, and just taking up time that way. But here I was with the flip phone. I didn't really have the luxury to scroll. And at this time, I still was on social media. So I was kind of forced off of it, um, in a sense. So when I had this phone, I picked up reading. And the first book that I actually got back into reading with was The Hate You Give, which was really, really good. But it's a pretty hefty book if you look at it. And that was, I was surprised to have finished it um, in the time that I did. So I was carrying around the hate you give everywhere to class, in the dining hall. That's what I would do while I was waiting, while I was eating. And it would just kind of be my way to pass time while other people are on their phones. And so that's when I got back into reading. And after that, I was like, let me have another book. Let me have another one. Before bed, I would read in between studying. In between everything, I was immersed in a book, which is amazing. And then over the course of two years since I picked up the practice, let's say two and a half years because now I'm going into last semester of my third year. So yeah, maybe like two and a half years. I finished about 40 books, which for some might be a lot. For some, it might not be too much. But for one person who gets more than I probably read from elementary to high school, I think it's pretty good, and I really enjoyed the books I've got to read. So I think it's a start to a good, good practice, and I'm happy to have picked up a habit that I love. It has become my Saturday morning, Saturday whole day, actually, routine while um, I was back at school and there was quarantine, or not necessarily, but there wasn't really stuff happening around events weren't really happening as much you couldn't move and be as mobile as I have been in the past year so Saturdays and weekends I was just kind of in my room which I didn't mind at all and I was able to read because as I got back into reading a book a week or two books a week I wouldn't necessarily read it during the week but then on Saturday I would just finish the whole book or something like that and I loved that routine. I was always looking forward to not opening my laptop and not doing anything on Saturdays. So that's how the habit has come back into my life. And then, of course, with vacation, I haven't read as much. But during the school year, that's what I loved to do. And then in the new year, my goal is to continue one book a week or two books if possible. Because when 2020 started, I was kind of at a book a month 
and that was sort of the routine that I had. I would read a little bit here and there and then spend a day finishing the book. And then when like September came, I'm like, why don't I just move it to a book a week? Because I'm still finishing a large portion of the book in a short amount of time. And so that's what I did. But in the new year, I hope to continue that book a week or two books a week. And just continue that habit. Get you to read a lot of titles because it's so, so fun. Now I wanted to get into the power of reading itself and what the benefits are for readers and what the benefits are for people who have this habit and this practice in their life. So for one, reading is like a workout for your brain. I read this phrase somewhere and the author of this piece was talking about how reading not only improves your memory like scientifically it's known to improve your memory over time and as you get old your memory um, is able to stay young in a sense but this is because your brain is able to make these connections and keep like growing and just exercising in a sense and you're allowing your brain to just build on itself and so that is like one of the biggest things that I think I saw that it is really your brain working out and improving constantly, especially as you get older. So that's the first benefit and power of reading. And then the next one is stress. And I'm sure this is why I think many people get back into reading is because they want an activity in the evening that is unwinding and it's not a movie or a show or social media but something that is truly going to relax your brain before sleep, improve your quality of sleep. And so I can definitely attest to this that my stress levels are just so much lower when I spend some time reading. And maybe not daily because that's not what I was doing in this past semester. But even on the weekends, just being able to unwind and have this whole story playing out in your head. And so I think that's another big benefit of reading is just stress you can reduce it at any time go into another world and live the lives of a character from anywhere and you don't have to have this all have this anxiety built up and you're able to just let it all go as you read so I love that benefit of reading and I think that as we have these busy lives and if you are at home a lot just being able to have something that is just going to truly truly help you unwind is much much needed reading also improves your vocabulary which is probably a no-brainer but I have a friend who always tells me like what your words the words that you use are just so big in your vocabulary is amazing it's because you read and he always says that it's because you read and so I have definitely experienced this in my own um interactions and it's just funny for people to point out, like, what, where did you, like, hear that word? Or being able to just say these big words. And I think, for me, I started watching Blacklist in end of high school. And if you watch the Blacklist, Raymond Reddington's vocabulary is so, so unique. And I would watch that and be like, wow, I want to be able to speak like that. Then slowly and slowly, when I'm reading, I'm learning these new words and seeing them. Sometimes I'll, like, pause or put a bookmark and go look up the word quickly or write it down and look it up later 
just being able to learn all these words that I wouldn't have otherwise learned in my everyday life is really powerful and important. And so I think that's another big benefit of reading is just improving your vocabulary, improving the way that you are able to write or just articulate things through speech is important. And I have noticed it in my experiences as well. And the last sort of benefit of reading that I noted is that you're able to experience others' lives. And whether this may be through autobiographies or memoirs or historical fictions, these scenarios and settings and lives of others are just at our fingertips, literally, in a book. The way that an author can articulate their experience or Maybe they worked with others to just know what it was like at that time. For example, historical fiction. I know many authors sit down with historians and people who lived through that time and that place. They're really, really able to just paint a picture of what life used to be like in a specific place of time. And you can experience the main character's whole story in like, 300 pages. I think that is so powerful because as we urbanize and as we move into a world that people are able to share their lives kind of daily, like on social media, YouTube, all of that, reading really takes us back to sort of those times when things weren't able to be documented and you're really able to understand what someone went through at a time. And I think that is so unique because that's just something that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere, maybe through a movie or a documentary, but there are just so many books available at our fingertips, and I really enjoy those kind of stories. Like, I love memoirs, and I've gotten to read a handful over time, like Educated. I wanted to put it on the one of my favorite books of 2020, but then I realized that I read it last fall in 2019, but Educated by Tara Westover is an amazing memoir. And she shares her story of growing up in a really, really religious household that was just so constraining. And so she ends up going to get her education and it is at the cost of her family respecting her. And also A Long Way Gone, um, that's on my list that I'll talk about in a little bit. The Glass Castle, all of these memoirs where someone is able to share their own experience and these are just stories that how else would they have been able to be understood in such a tangible way? So I think that being able to experience what someone else has gone through, what another time period was like, is just so powerful in itself. And that is one of my favorite, favorite benefits of reading. So how to pick it up in the new year and how do you get back into a practice that might be long lost? To start off with, I think it's really important to start with a tangible goal. And as you're going into the new year, how often do you want to read and how often can you actually incorporate it? Is it going to be a book a week where you can read a chapter every night? Or do you want to listen to an audiobook more often, like when you're driving? And instead of listening to music in the parts where you listen to music in your daily routine, walks and stuff like that, maybe you can get an audiobook. And if you don't know, because I don't think a lot of people know this, but Libby is an app where you can check out audiobooks from your local library. 
and I can link the app in the show notes, but you still need to go to your like library and get a library card, which is probably easier nowadays with COVID protocols, and you can probably do it contactless or something, but you can actually check out audiobooks, and I think the only downside to it is that sometimes it will be checked out and there'll be a really long waiting list if it's something that's popular something that just came out so in June when everything was happening with George Floyd I wanted to check out like white supremacy and how to be anti-racist and they were just on hold for weeks and weeks and weeks because a lot of people it was in high demand at that time but Libby is a really good app if you want to get into audiobooks if that's more your style and that's a way you can incorporate reading in your routine or do you want to do a book a month which is another tangible goal especially if you want to just read slowly slowly read daily and have the practice all the time so starting with a tangible goal and picking it up in a way that you know you'll be able to keep up with the practice is really important otherwise it'll be like I want to read one book every three days and then the first three days when you don't it's like ah okay I'm not going to do this anymore, maybe 2022 or something. So that's why I think it's really important to just start with something that can actually happen and something that you know you'll be able to keep up with. Next, I think it's really important to delete whichever habit replaces reading for the first X amount of days. Like in my story, when I had a flip phone, I didn't really have access to social media or YouTube or Netflix all the time unless I was on my laptop or something. But in everyday settings in social settings where people sort of pull out their phones I was pulling out a book like I talked about so whichever habit currently replaces what you want to read or when you want to read rather should probably just be set to the side for the first few days so you're able to really get into it Um, whether you want that to be 10 days 2 days 30 days whatever the case may be for you just being able to replace it with reading. And is this Netflix? Is this YouTube? Is this Instagram? Whichever practice replaces it for you, um, or whichever practice you do during your downtime, rather, if you would like to replace reading in your downtime, can be deleted for a little while as you get back into it and as you get used to it. And I think that's a good way to get back into reading. I also think it's important to pick up some titles that have been on your list. And it's so exciting to go into the bookstore. I personally love Half Price Bookstore because their hardcovers are like $8 or even thriftbooks.com. I'll also leave that linked in the show notes. It's amazing. I think I've gotten books there for like $3, $4 and the shipping isn't expensive either. So just picking up some titles that are on your list and that will make you excited to read and you'll be like once I finish this one I want to get to this one I think that's one of my biggest motivations sometimes it's like okay let me finish this book because I really really want to get onto the next book that's on my list or that's on my shelf and being able to visibly see them I think has some sort of power to it and you're just looking forward to the next title so picking up something that you really want to get into that you have been on your list for a long time and just getting into it that way, being able to get excited by building a book collection. Lastly, or second to lastly, I think it's important to track your progress. At least for me, I love Goodreads, the app Goodreads, being able to see when I finished a book. Am I doing it once a week like I liked? 
why did this time take three weeks? Why did this time take two weeks? You know, tracking not only what I've read, but how long it took me, um, the dates in between, stuff like that. I'm looking at it right now and I just love this app. I love the fact that I'm able to see the books that I've read since freshman year when I got back into reading and the dates are all there, the date that you add it, it's amazing. You can add friends, you can challenge each other, you can see what other people have reviewed. So I personally love, love Goodreads, and I love tracking what I've read that way, or just getting to see what other people think of books before I'm about to read it. And not necessarily for having friends on it or anything, but sort of for my own liking. I like to see what books are popular at the moment and what people thought of a book that I just finished because sometimes I'm like, oh, I really love this book. I don't think it was too bad. And then I go to the reviews and people are like, I've read the back of shampoo bottles that are better written than this. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this was not a favorite, but I'm personally not a hard critic on reading. So maybe that's why. So Tracking your progress is fun, and I think it's just a way to really see how far you come along if you want to know how many books you read in 2021, per se, even if it's just writing it down on a list. That's what I did for the longest time, is just having a notes app on my phone with the books that I've read. And then when I got back into Goodreads, I transferred them all into there. So I love that app, and I love being able to track your progress. Lastly, I think it can be fun to read book, read books with a friend or a group of friends. This can be sort of a book club or just saying, hey guys, let's read this book in January. And I think that accountability gets us so far, having people in your life who will just keep you accountable of your goals. And also, if you have a common goal, why not do it together, you know? And so if there's a book that you love and you think you could find three, four friends who would also enjoy it, you can challenge each other. Let's get up to chapter five by the end of the week and meet and talk about it. That could be fun. Or just reading it together, but not necessarily talking about it um, could just be a way to make sure you're reading a book and you're also able to be like, what did you think of this? I can't believe the author ended on that note. You know, when you close a book and you're like, oh, I need to talk to someone about it, but who can I talk to it about? That would be a good way to just express what you thought about the novel with a group of friends while you're also getting a goal done that you want and you're able to keep each other accountable. So I think those are my top five tips. Yeah, those are five. Just starting with a tangible goal, deleting whichever habit currently replaces reading for the first X amount of days, define those days by yourself and by your schedule, Pick up some titles that have been on your list, track your progress, and read books with a group of friends or a friend. For this last part of the podcast, I wanted to share my top reads of 2020, and maybe you could add them to your reading list in 2021. So to start off with, I have talked about this in a previous episode, I think in the episode where I talked about what my favorite media is, way back in like June or May or something like that but I love We Were the Lucky Ones. And that was my favorite book of the of all time until I read which, a book that I'll share last. But We Are the Lucky Ones is a story of a family broken into their children and their children's children, and they were all separated during the Second World War. And they moved to all corners of the world, and they were trying to survive at this time. And so 
the author depicts the individual stories by family and by whoever was together at that time. And then, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but at the end of the book, it's revealed that the author is actually a family member of that family. So it's like her grandparents and aunts and uncles that she is talking about. So she was actually sitting down with them to get these stories. And it is historical fiction, but most of what she created in that book are what her family has told her uh, verbally. So I think it was beautifully written and is such an interesting story. The fact that it was a true story blows my mind and I loved, loved, loved that book. I'll probably reread it soon. I also really enjoyed In a Perfect World. And In a Perfect World is a story of a woman who marries a pilot and then she goes to live with him and his children he ends up leaving and it's crazy. I was reading this book in May and the parallels to the pandemic at the time were insane. I was like, is this author psychic or something? Because the whole world in the book shut down. People weren't able to access grocery stores. They really had to make a means for themselves in their own household. And it was, I can't remember, it was actually a, a pandemic that went on. I think in the book it was called like Spanish flu. I might be confusing that with something else, but I'm pretty sure it was Spanish flu. If not, it was just some strange, bizarre, unprecedented illness that was spreading across the world and they had to shut down and be in their own house. And I was like, okay, the parallels are kind of creepy, but the book in itself is really, really good. So I enjoyed that a lot. And then in the fall, I read Purple Hibiscus, and this book is more commonly known, so it's about a girl in Nigeria and her family and her story, and her dad is really religious and just what she went through, and so I loved this book, and I loved the way it was written. Again, I think it was written in a way that really portrayed a perspective of, I think, 15-year-old. Um, the author was able to portray that really, really well, and so I loved that book a lot and it is on my top five reads and then I also enjoyed A Long Way Gone Memoirs of a Boy Soldier so this one was written about or written by the person who actually went through everything that is discussed in the book and so he was recruited as a soldier um, I think in Sierra Leone if I'm correct and this was during war, the way that they brainwashed these young boys into fighting and being so destructive and violent and just seeing no wrong in the acts that they are doing was crazy. And the way that he portrayed it and the way that he just depicted his story was really, really well done. And so I think it was a beautiful story. It was a way to just get another perspective, again, that I think I wouldn't have been able to understand otherwise. And so... I loved A Long Way Gone and the way that the author told his story and even just depicting the war at the time in that country because I hadn't known much about the war in Sierra Leone and what it took to escape the country and the fact that this was not too long ago. I want to say late 1980s. I really should have confirmed all these things before I hit record, but something along those lines and it wasn't that long ago. And then my last book of 2020 that made me realize that we weren't the lucky ones was not my favorite book of all time is All the Light We Cannot See. This one is more fresh in my mind because I finished it 
over the weekend, actually. I was at my grandma's, and I just finished this 500-page book in a span of, like, two days. It was amazing, and it was, it tells the perspective of World War II through two different children at the time. So one girl, Marie Lore, is a blind girl, and she lives with her dad, and they have to escape from France, or they escape to France, or another part of France, something like that. And they go and live with her uncle, and then now a woman who stays with her uncle. And so she's talking about that. And then on the other hand is this boy, Werner. And he was a young boy who was just so, so intelligent that he just wanted to grow up to be an engineer. And like in his town, he was known to fix radios. And so he is recruited to the war as someone who will be able to fix things and just be a helping hand to one of the more senior people in like the war and so he's not necessarily at the front lines but more in the um, tech side of things and so it's sharing now his perspective of someone who was promised high hopes because I think not a lot of the Nazi side of things are shared or the people who were involved in the war on that side is really depicted in at least a lot of books that I read such as between Shades of Grey and stuff like that. And I love historical fiction that's about the Second World War. And so being able to see his perspective, because he was so young at the time, he was recruited maybe when he was 14, 15, and then it goes up until he was 18. And so just seeing how, again, kind of like a long way gone that you're taken when you're so young and just these things are forced upon you at a young age and it's what you have to do. And so his story along with Marie Lore, how they overlap and how the book ends is not at all what I expected. I will say that. I kind of sat there and I was like, really? Why? But overall, I get why the author did what he did and I it was so, so well done. And so All the Light We Cannot See, that I was reading um, the title a little bit later and Marie Lore works with radio sort of towards the end of the book and that's what Werner does as well. And so not only is Marie Lore blind, but also the fact that not all light is visible, like scientifically, and one of those lights that one of those wavelengths that are not visible is radio waves. And so that's kind of where the title was at. And it was just an amazing book overall. I was mind blown towards the end and then reading on the author's sort of goal with everything after that, it was also really do well done. So those are my top five favorite books of 2020. I'll leave that in the show notes as well. And if any of the titles sounded interesting to you or you read on it a little bit more, I definitely recommend adding it to your reading list in 2021 because those are some really, really good books. So that is all that I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode just about reading, the power of reading, and how to pick it back up in the new year. I was excited to share my top favorite books of the year, and I hope in some way this episode helped you. So thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that you have a good rest of your day wherever you are, and I will see you guys next time. Bye.